welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. everyone and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host Lori LeBay and I am thrilled that you are here to join us today. If you are new to our show, we are about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people all around the world. So maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. And if you liked our opening song, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. I also want to give a shout out to Mods Ventures. They are still taking applications for three specific needs in the arena of dementia, and they are giving out seed money, 50 to 100,000. So go to modsventures.org. Also check out Dementia Map. We have over 150 different categories for you to search. There's a calendar of events with lots of free things that you can attend there, as well as some that you can sign up for. We have a blog, we've got a glossary of terms. So go to DementiaMap.com. And for those of you looking for support, I'm continuing to do Arthur's Memory Cafe, which is sponsored by Arthur's Senior Care, the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at one o'clock central. So that's two Eastern, noon Mountain Time, and 11 a.m. Pacific on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month. You can reach out to me to get the link on that. Anyone around the world is welcome. And then um, if you are in Minnesota, in the Shoreview area, I'm working with Brookdale North Oaks, and we meet the last Wednesday of the month at 10 a.m. Central. That is called Caregiver Connect. We um, get together for an hour, and also you can bring your loved one with dementia if they are, you know, kind of mid-stages. Uh, there is respite care for them as well. And what else we have going on? The Memory Camp in Wisconsin at Moon Beach is on August 15th to the 18th. And you can call them to register and get more information. You can call them at 715-479-8255. We are going to hear from the Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner about the Footbar Walker. And we will be right back with our guest. I love the footbar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. 
Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, it is time to introduce you to our guest today. I am really excited because we're going to be talking about the importance of children when it comes to dementia care. And today I am thrilled we have our guest all the way from Poland. Her name is Magdalene Turkic, and she is the manager of care homes in Poland called Zapitek. And she is an international author, a songwriter, a psychologist and therapist from Krakow. And due to her own personal experiences, she has really put her whole heart and soul and passion into her work. And she's about making the world a better place. So Magdalene, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I am just really thrilled to have this conversation with you today. Thank you, Lori. Hello, everyone. I appreciate your invitation to be here today. I'm uh, author of the book recently, Grandpa Let Me Tell You, um, available on Amazon. Recently, I, will, I am a songwriter as well. Wonderful. Now, I always ask all my guests uh, this, this first question, and that is, have you personally been touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? Yes, I've been my... Mother's, my grandmother suffers uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, it's actually in the last stage of Alzheimer's disease. My grandfather suffered dementia for many years. Uh, he passed away in November last year at the age of 88. And his name was Maximilian. He is uh, the dad of my mother and uh, my grandmother suffering Alzheimer's is the mother of my mother. Wow, that's a that's a lot. Definitely, you understand the journey of this of this disease yeah. and how it can impact people, not only by yourself, but then by the work that you do as well. Um, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself and and what led you into elder care? Actually, it all started when I came back to Poland from England. I used to live in England for twelve years, where I studied at university management degree um, came back in 2012 and joined my mom's and her work it actually didn't happen at once uh, it was uh, that for a year I was watching her working then I had this time to decide if I want to join her or not but I have noticed they put their all heart into their work and I thought yes this is for me I care about people I want to help people, and this was my uh, my life aim to help people. I always dreamed to be a psychologist. I dreamt of being a psychologist in the past as a child. So my dream had the chance to come true in the latest stage. After I was visiting the care homes, I realized there is so much to do in the care and to helping psychologically the dementia residents. So the commitment of my mom was contagious. 
she showed me how to run care homes. I now run care homes with my brother and my mother. And um, I think we're doing a great job. Um, our life is around care homes. We talk about it a lot. We improve our service. We think that is um, very demanding, but, but worth it. Well, I love that, you know, just from the pictures that you shared with me, I mean, the settings are just gorgeous. They look nice and relaxing. Um, engagement, it looks like is happening a lot, which is wonderful. Um, so, so thank you. I, I hope people will check out all the pictures regarding your care homes there. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because I, I think this is really overlooked, and that is, you know, how do we create space? And is it important to even do this to have children be involved with our elders? I know I personally think it's a really important thing and I don't think it's talked about enough, but what are your thoughts? I think it's the whole responsibility of their parents. They are the people that should give the example. Um, let me ask the audience a question. When was the last time you visited your parent, your grandparent? What can you expect from your children if you don't give them your own example? Mm. Yeah, the, as a psychologist, I know that the children don't do what you tell them, they do what you show them. They will uh, repeat after you. So uh, yeah, this is the responsibility of the parents. That's why I created, um, I started to create an organization called Infinity Me. Mm. At the moment I'm on Facebook, um, infinity me org uh, I run a Facebook fan page where I teach parents how to talk to their children how to cope with the problem of dementia I guess it's very difficult for many of them to talk about this problem I actually think they are protecting their children from the subject but this is going to be someday a part of their life. They're going to meet a neighbor who has dementia. They're going to work as a professionalist dealing with dementia people. It's really important that they learn how to behave towards this disease, this Alzheimer's disease, uh, dementia condition. I so agree. I, I do think families think that they're protecting the kids. But what I've noticed is, you know, the whole hierarchy in the family changes when you're caring for a loved one and the kids are sitting back on what did I do wrong. How come I'm not important anymore? I mean, it really zips their world upside down and they can feel the stress and the angst and the add in, uh, you know, the add in burden to their, to their family structure, to their parents. They know that their secrets and we all know we don't like secrets. You know, we get a little paranoid about those things. And again, I, I agree with you. I think it's a great opportunity for, a, a, you know, life lessons to be learned, different ways to love and engage. And I've also found that kids are really super creative and that they want to help, but they can't if we don't let them in. Yes. And and the important message is to we either have a fear, feel a fear or love. And in my book, I send, I pass the message to the readers that there is love that connects grandparents with dementia to their grandchildren and to their children. Um, 
basically the people with dementia do not um, know, might not know what the name of the grandchild is, but they will feel that is a grandchild. They know that is a grandchild. I, I met many times uh, the situation where, <coughs> sorry, in care home, um, the grandfather, uh, the resident asked me a question. Could you tell me when my, where my um, son is, where my daughter is? Where is my grandson? Um, they really miss their family. And um, the message should be straightforward. Visit your grandparents in, the, in care homes, visit them in their homes. Do not forget they are still alive because uh, children do not, do not, they not anymore um, connecting with the elderly. I, 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 I think they stop thinking about the person that is 80 plus. Mm -hmm. For some reason, they, they enjoy being, um, having um, sports like icon or a music icon. They're looking, they're searching for someone, people with doing, uh, doing some success stories, but not um, certainly not uh, being ill or feeling sad and lonely. Yeah, and I think COVID has brought out that isolation and feeling of loneliness, which none of us really like. And to, to live like that, in, I mean, I had a friend of my mom's who for 10 years couldn't go visit her in a home. She just couldn't do it emotionally. She wasn't prepared. And yet the, the, the nursing home she had imaged in her mind was nothing like where she lived. You know, things have changed over time and people can still communicate. It's just in different ways and, and in really beautiful ways. My, my daughter, for example, only knew her grandma with dementia and they were like two peas in a pod. I mean, she adored her grandma and they had just a wonderful, wonderful relationship. And she taught my daughter beautiful, beautiful life lessons. But again, <laughs> like you said, parents have to lead by example, you know, or that door won't be open. People won't even know that that's possible. And no matter who you are, no matter what you're dealing with, you know, you can still be loved. You can still give love. And, you know, you can communicate, um, but people choose to tend to ignore nonverbal communications as people age, but they're all over them with little kids, you know, when trying to figure out the signs and the signals. So it really is, um, it really is interesting how we deal with that. Now, you have um, also written a song. And I want you to kind of set that up and then we'll listen to that if you don't mind. Yes, it would be great. Um, well, one day I thought, um, what's the other media I could go through, medium to go through to children? So the best thing is to go through songs. The children can spend the time with the grandparents playing this song, singing to the song. It's especially made, written, um, in an easy, easy uh, way, so the people can remember it easily, and the melody is very friendly for the year. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and listen to it. What's the name of the song? The reason why I'm here. The it's, reason it's why it's probably 
it's probably the first ballad in the world for grandmother. Oh, sweet. And we're going to come back and then talk about that. some of the lyrics in the song you know how do you even come up with that does it start as a poem or does it start as as a melody in your head when you're writing the song I have no idea it was easy it came through to me very quickly uh, one day I had this strong feeling I should write a song so I sat down wrote this song and it was done <laughs> It was quite quickly. Um, the other two songs I've written was pro was the same. Wow. I just channeled right through to you that this <laughs> needs to get out into the world. And I, I think it's wonderful to have songs about relationships and caring. Um, I, I think we need 
more and more of that. Uh, I think it resonates with so many people. So thank you for, for sharing that with us. Let's talk a little bit more about your book. Grandpa, let me tell you, and I always like to ask mm-hmm. people, how did you pick the title? Well, uh, I thought it has to be a story. So easy was to write, Grandpa, let me tell you. I, I haven't finished, let me tell you a story because I think it should say, let me tell you and other people will add whatever they like. So let me tell you, I love you. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you how much I care. So it's just finishing, let me tell you and three dots. Okay. And then with the drawings in the book, um, did you do those or did you hire an illustrator or sometimes? No, my great illustrator, her name is Nel Goszkowicz. Okay. She's, um, she's um, illustrator uh, from Poland. She's Polish. And um, yes, I will show you um, some of the illustrations. The illustration is the real uh, the real photos of from made from real photographs of my grandfather, my brother. So this is my grandfather. This is my brother Tom, my grandmother Maximilian, and my mother Elizabeth here. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, and my illustrator is just great. She's doing a great job, and my. Facebook fan page she's illustrating as well so she's going to continue illustrating the songs on YouTube um, so uh, the video for the songs so it will be um, I think I, I hope it will be a great long um, work together oh, I say hello to Nell <laughs> <laughs> is, there a, love. is there a little snippet of the book you'd like to read to us Sure, let me choose something. The next morning, Tom visited his grandfather. He sat down in the armchair next to him and asked, how are you today? He only received a smile in response, but it was enough to make him feel a pleasant warmth in his heart. They sat there for a long time. Then out of nowhere, a little ladybird flew in and sat on the boy's shoulder. This is the most important moment. Enjoy it together. Tom, you are brave, very brave indeed, the ladybird whispered in his ear. So the ladybird was is the encouragement for the boy to, to, uh, to talk to his uh, grandfather. To engage him, yeah. Problems. Well, and I liked when you said, you know, the, what was it, the smile was enough, you know, just it was it was a response it is enough yes and to touch the smile mm-hmm. um they, they there is no words so that's how people with dementia communicate they communicate without words through their feelings uh, my uh, a person that i like to read and um talk about her techniques is Judy Cornish. She wrote the book, Dementia with Dignity. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's saying a very important message in this book that uh, for carers, that to work with a carer, it's 
um, the work, the carer working with the resident should focus on the things the resident is good at. So should focus on their strengths, not weaknesses, which is uh, really valuable advice. So if any of the carers are listening to us today, please always focus on the strength of your close ones. Uh, do not uh, do not be sad that they cannot do anything. They cannot do something. They cannot remember. Focus on what they can. They can still smile. They can do many things. They remember where, how to walk. <laughs> well, it is, it's really important because I think, um, I, I don't know about over there, but over here for years and years, I mean, dementia was marketed by fear and loss and grief. And that was the path people were taught. I mean, that was what our leadership was saying. And now it's finally switched. And that's one of the reasons that got me into this field was we need to give people hope and comfort and we need to get them back to the core of their relationships and, and get them to realize that some of the safest places you can be is where you sit silent next to a loved one. You, you don't have to say anything. There's just comfort there. There's security there. And I think in this fast paced world, we lose that, you know, we lose that as a priority of feeling safe and comfortable, you know, instead it's, we've got to be busy and we have to outdo the next guy and, you know, look like we're bigger and better. And that yes. those things don't make us happy. Not yes, that's what I, there are some words in one of my songs saying, I stopped caring for my mobile phone. And I repeated many times. I now care for you, my, my grandparents. I stopped caring for my mobile phone. And it's uh, your stories are better than my mobile phone. I use those words to help and um, bring awareness. I love that because that's one of the lessons my mom did teach me through her, you know, our 30 year journey together was put your phone down back in the day, put your pager down, Lori. Everything will wait. Just leave it alone. It'll all be there. And oh my gosh, that was so hard for me in the beginning. That was so, it was so hard. And, you know, because you're just trained that everything has to be this immediate response. And yet we're not responding to the immediacy of a person right in front of us. We're, we're pushing them away and and talking to our phone and prioritizing that over our human connection and i just thought wow that's really that's really interesting how that has kind of taken over the world uh, you know yeah. on so so many levels and it really is quite sad um i have found again on, on my journey with my mom that the most precious moments you know in memory are those silent, loving moments. I mean, I can go back to when I was a child, or I can go back towards the end of life with her. And it's, it's those quiet moments where you are just there together. So connected, you know, if you're holding hands or sitting next to one another, or just just looking at one another. Um, I think people have been taught that 
you know, it's just the blank stare. And there, as we know, there's many, many stages um, to this disease and that they, they're fluid, they come and they go. So somebody could have a blank stare, but then, you know, a few minutes later, they're fine and they're engaged. And, you know, it just depends on, on where it is at, but there's so much more. I mean, when you, when you get that, when uh, I'll use the example of my mom, when she got to the point where she really couldn't communicate and there was many more blank stares than not, when she would respond and get that glint in her eye and that smile and that little giggle, oh my gosh, they meant more than anything in the world. And to and for people to miss out on that just makes me sad that they don't believe those moments exist. You know, how do we get people to really believe that our connections don't end? They just they just change and we have to sometimes pay more attention. Yeah. Well, I believe as psychologists and therapists that uh, if we don't pay enough attention to ourselves, we won't be able to pay attention to others. So first, most of all, care about yourself, then you will be able to help others. Mm -hmm. uh, in my work as a psychologist, I uh, work with individuals, with couples, with families. And um, I always teach one thing. I remind everyone, you are the first person, the most important person in your life, the first one. Then you can help others and you can be there for your family, for your mom, for your dad, for your brother. Um, yeah, and the power of quietness to be focused to... It's... Silence is powerful. Silence is very powerful and it's very comfortable once you get used to it. But again, we've been taught to fill air, you know, and just this busyness. And that I think is one of the things that, you know, for me, um, really slapped me in the face was I was, you know, I had this big long to do list and I was always busy and everything was about my mom. But what I realized was a lot of that busyness was to make me feel better for a disease that had no cure. And so I wanted to feel like I was doing something for her. And what I was doing was tasks, not necessarily for her to feel good or to feel quality of life. And there's a big difference from doing tasks to being engaged with somebody. Yes. Exactly. And, and that was something that I didn't come to the realization of until one day I didn't, I didn't care for my mom well. And I snapped at her when she repeated herself, you know, 45 times in 10 minutes and I felt horrible. And then I had to go back and relook at things and, you know, created what's called your memory chip, which is getting us to focus on are they safe, happy, and pain-free versus focusing on this to-do list, which really disconnects us, in my opinion, yeah. from our relationships. Mm -hmm. And that was, for me, that was so life-changing in terms of how I looked at not only caring for my mom, but just how I want to be present in life as a yeah. whole you know, evaluating, because I think a lot of times we, we do stuff to appear busy, 
or to feel busy. And when we're busy, then we don't have to feel and we don't have to process, you know, we don't go to that emotional place. And, and I would imagine you see people that kind of stuff their feelings because they're keeping themselves busy instead of maybe grieving the loss or identifying and, um, and kind of falling into joy as well. I mean, it's, it's both sides. Um, if we don't, if we don't slow down and give our person, you know, ourselves permissions, you know, to feel, but I think it's, uh, I think it's scary. People think they're gonna, if they, if they step into that area of emotions, I think some people feel they're going to lose it. They're, you know, they're not going to be in control and they don't want to show that. So we should um, say message for our audience. Do not feel do not fear feel love mm -hmm. to your close ones um simple <laughs> yeah it really it really is it really is um was there um something that happened that triggered you to write the book and start doing songs was there was there something that happened in your life a lot of times there's just you know an incident or something that says <sighs> you know, I need to do this? Two reasons, really. The one of the reasons, not the first, but one is um, once I created a project in our care homes, one care home and then the second care home. And in both cases, it was the same outcome. So what's happened? Um, I invited the students from a local primary school to come with their uh, teachers to talk to our residents. Um, I, asked, I, I gave them uh, an offer to visit the same resident again and again for Christmas, for his birthday, to bring some present, to bring fl flower. And they said, yes, we will do that. We'll go back. Uh, they went back home. And after one week, the director of the school called me and said, the parents do not agree the children to come to care homes. Mm. And it was the same, exactly the same example in the other school. Uh, well, I asked myself a question. What do you protect your children from? What? The child goes to school, he can be in contact with aggressive students. The child goes to a bus. Do you protect him of going on the bus? Do you protect him on going on holiday? On well, there is no reason why the parents should uh, be afraid of sending the child to care home. Mm -hmm. uh, it made me a little angry, so I decided there is something to do about this. Um, and I, that's why I wrote this book and uh, now the songs. The second reason, but not the second, is my grandfather. My grandfather is... Um, I can say my hero, I appreciate what he's done in his life. He was caring for many years uh, after his, his wife. Um, he was, she was already suffering Alzheimer's disease and he was caring for her. He didn't want to, to ask to help. He didn't want to, uh, for her to go to care home. He was brave. He was feeding her, washing, uh, putting to bed. And it's, yes, this is my hero. 
Maximilian. Maximilian. Um, he, at the last year of, um, or the last two years, he was living in, a, in our care home um, with my grandmother. Uh, I visited them quite often. Mm, we talked a lot, like, like, like what I did, I did the same things that I put in the, in the book. I played him music, like the music of um, the national hymn music, as he was a soldier once, so I, I was making him a surprise. He was enjoying it a lot. There is many, many, many things I could do with him. We were walking. I was, I was taking him for a ride with my sports car. He enjoyed it a lot. And... Uh, I have very good memories with him. When I was a child, I liked to spend time with my grandparents. I visited them a lot. We were playing board games. We were cooking together. We were singing, to, singing songs, listening to music, doing the gardening. I used to take them to restaurants, um, many things. And now my plan is to give my experience to the world that's why i want to create the world organization helping to connect the generations i love that i think that is so needed especially in the state the world is in right now we need more more love more human connections more safety more comfort than than ever before and kids are such a brilliant light to our elders um even when my mom was in her end stages, we would get together when she was uh, living in a nursing home, we'd get together to celebrate her birthday and we'd have kind of a private room and the little kids would be underneath the tables and my mom would be sleeping and everyone else would be visiting. But every time before the kids came out from underneath the table, like two or three seconds prior, she would wake up and start giggling. She like knew they were on their way out. I mean, it was just... It was fascinating to watch the interactions and the joy that they both got. And, um, and that joy then emanates out throughout the whole room. You know, it, it changes the atmosphere. And, you know, kids just want to play and engage and they keep it really simple. Unlike adults that have rules that you have to have the ability of this in order to participate and you have to do it perfect in order to, to, you know, be one of us. Um, kids don't look at it like that. They're like, come on, let's just do it. And, you know, they accept, um, they accept whatever, and they, they just see creativity in all of it. And I, I just think they have brilliant, brilliant lessons to teach us all. It must be that I have something, uh, I'm still uh, having a lot of in me from child because I have all of these creative ideas that I want to do and um, introduce to my uh, organization that will help to connect generations. I have ideas for tourism, for board games, idea for, um, yeah, many, 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 many ideas I want to start. So I'm about to um, start this organization. I've already have 
fantastic people that joined me and we are looking in the same aim. We have the same goal. That's important. You know, tomorrow I'm interviewing a 15-year-old girl who has been an advocate for, oh my gosh, since she was little. And she, she has two nonprofit organizations. One is Puzzles to Remember that was actually started um, by another individual, Max, who is now a neurologist. And she's taken that over where she gets all these donated puzzles from companies and then they just give them away to different communities and individuals. And then she started another one, um, Kid Caregivers. And she's, I know she's just brilliant and she's just so full of life and so kind and yet so centered and it's amazing. And I know, I can't remember the other little girl over in the UK who's doing, have you seen her? She's doing exercise, Zoom exercise programs. And she's just phenomenal, you know, doing chair exercises and stuff and, and engaging people. So there's, it's endless. It's absolutely endless what people can do to bring that unity through community, just bringing us together and, and knowing there aren't any limits, you know, what you, if you have an idea, go for it, you know, don't let other people talk you out of it. They're just scared because if you succeed, they're thinking, gosh, maybe I could do that too. <laughs> and, and they're too scared. You no, know? but you cannot, you cannot, because if you don't have it in your heart mm-hmm. and you try to copy it, it won't work. I agree. I think I'm a lot like you, you know, in terms of stepping into this space. I, I, I just wanted to do stuff different. I didn't think old ways were working. And that's why I started the radio show and Dementia Chats and, you know. Um, Dementia Map. All, all different types of things. I wanted to just use multimedia and, you know, supply something that wasn't there. And worse that was going to happen was it would, it, it wouldn't be perfect, but I just, you know, perfect doesn't exist in my world. No, and, no. you know, it, it's just an opportunity to make something better, you know, to reevaluate and, and really get it clicking on all wheels. So I, Kudos to you for, for being so diverse and uh, in terms of what you're doing and using all your skill sets. It's, it's incredible um, to be able to see that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered? Yes, um, I want to announce that I'm actually looking for some people that would like to support me and join in my work and my organization. I'm looking for investors, I'm looking for people interested in the subject, looking for professionals, psychologists, Uh, please contact me on the email below. Mm, I'm looking forward to your um, contact, contact, you contacting me. Do not wait because it's urgent. Uh, We are starting soon. And um, yes, I hope I will be a guest again so I can tell you a little bit more when it's all up running, Lori. <laughs> oh, I would, I would love to have you back. And we've got all the contact information listed and your email contact that you want people to um, email you at is contact at affinityme.org. She's got a Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, her therapy work, um, the organization itself, her care homes, her book, 
you name it, it's out there. And we're going to have to add also to the list her YouTube channel. So um, kudos to you. And I, again, thank you so much for being with us today. It's just fascinating all you're doing and the energy level you have and the approach. Um, you can just feel your authenticity and your love for your work. And to me, I think that's, you know, the biggest asset is when you have that authentic voice and that, that passion, you're going to, you're going to change the world. Thank, Thank you. you, Laurie. Thank you. Thank you. To our listeners, I hope you like, click and share this episode. I, I love talking with people all around the world because we get a chance to learn from one another and um, join forces. So reach out to her, you know, if you've got some interest in the project she's doing, or you want to learn more, connect, make it happen. Don't just sit there and, and think, gosh, I should have. Do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs>